Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How you guys doing this morning? Everybody doing all right? People trying to wake up a little bit. Some people are. I'm still working on my little cup of uh, island roasters here. I know how that can be. Uh, today marks the first Sunday of summer. And everybody said, whoo. And all the moms said, oh, man. Right? Moms, I know what, I know what, uh, what you're going through. Uh, if, if you're anything like my wife, you've probably just planned out the next, uh, was it like eight to ten weeks of summer camps for your kids, and you go keep those jokers busy. Um, and if you didn't, if you just thought about that today, whoo, get some coloring books. Um, anyways, I hope you guys are having a good start to your summer. Uh, man, the weather here in New Smyrna, if you're watching online, the weather here in New Smyrna has been absolutely fantastic. We just came off Memorial Day and had a blast uh, with that. Uh, even this morning, man, it was, uh, our, what was it, last week we went and did sunrise service. Uh, some of you guys might not know, but at 7 o'clock every Sunday morning, uh, we meet, uh, me and a couple of the other core members uh, meet at Flagler Avenue and we do a sunrise service. And uh, man, I had to put my sweater on because it was like just a little bit chilly. Definitely did not feel like Florida weather at all. And uh, woke up this morning, looked at the, the weather app, and it said it was going to rain all day. And I walk outside, and they're like, "Man, that Joker's a liar." So we went and did church, and uh, it was really cool uh, to do that. Hope you guys are having a good weekend uh, so far, for sure. Uh, I want to take a second and welcome all the people tuning in online. Definitely uh, want to welcome and thank my family for tuning in online. You know, today I'm talking about in the finishing up of the series on unity, I'm talking about unity in family. And wouldn't you know it that on the week I'm supposed to talk about family, uh, my family comes down with a little bit of a cold. So I got two little ones at home. I got Olivia, my nine-year-old, who's like trying to be the boss of everyone. She's working on it hard. I got my son, Benjamin. He's six years, six years old. It's like a little ninja, dude. Every time I turn around, the kid's like crawled up in bed with me. Like he sticks to me like he's a tick. You know, you can't get him off of you. Uh, but they're at home right now, probably watching online. Um, and for all the other people that, whether you're on vacation or maybe you're at the beach or you're on the boat, uh, thanks for tuning in online today. This third part in our series that we're finishing up today on unity, talking specifically about family. You know, a couple weeks ago, I told you guys that me and Erica share this passion. You know, it's not very often that you see husbands and wife share a passion together, right? There's, you don't see many husbands and wives that, like, love fishing together, right? That's not really a thing. You don't see husbands and wives that come together and like going shopping together, right? If there's any of you here, hold on to that because you're going to, you, that's, that's a big deal. Uh, but Eric and I, when we first got, uh, we first started dating, I realized that she had this love for NASCAR. And so every Sunday we get together and, uh, and we root uh, for, uh, for some of the Chevrolet guys uh, as uh, these bunch of rednecks go around uh, a racetrack turning left at like 200 miles an hour. Um, and so we watched this past Sunday, and sure enough, even as I've been talking the past couple weeks, the guy who wins, he gets up in front of his, the, whole, uh, the whole stadium, and he's getting in front of the camera. He says, I just got to thank the Chevrolet car. I got to thank this tied team. I got to thank my, my sponsors. I got to thank the owner of the car. I gotta, he goes into this long list 
a people that he's got to thank because he knows he's not the only one that got him to the end of that race. He's not the only one that helped him win the race, but it was the team uniting together. And so we've been talking through this series of how do we not go through the race alone of life, but we do it together. And we pulled this out of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 24. Paul says this to the church in Corinth. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for eternal an eternal prize. I don't know about you, but I'm excited one day to be able to, to share in this eternal prize with you guys. I know it's not something I'm going to get there as I chase through life in this race by myself. We're going to do it together. Amen? So let me pray for us, and we'll jump into this third and final part. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would coach us, that you would set us up for the next turns in our lives that we're going to be going through. God, I pray for the things in our lives that maybe aren't working, uh, working well, the things, maybe there's, there's a misfire somewhere. Maybe there's something that's not rotating properly. Maybe there's things that are not aligned correctly. I pray that in this moment that you would coach us and teach us and train us to put these pieces together in such a way that we can run this race in unity. I pray that you would step in and have your way in our lives above all else. Have your way this morning. Give me the words better than what I even know how to say. We give it all over to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Before we take a step further, I want to invite you guys all across this room. Let's stand up right where we are. I want you to high five like five people. Okay? Before we finish up the rest of this, this last part, high five five people and introduce yourself. We always do this every service, and I forget to, like, involve the people tuning in online. So I want to do something for the people tuning online. I know you can't high-five people, but I'm always curious where people are watching from. So here's the thing. The, the staff are going to hate me because someone's going to have to follow through on this. But comment if you're watching today where you're watching from. And whoever is the furthest away from New Smyrna Beach right now, whoever's watching the furthest away from New Smyrna Beach, uh, I'm going to send you a free Coastline shirt or a coffee mug, or something. And when I say I, it's definitely not going to be me. It's going to be someone who's way more responsible than me, and I want to thank them in advance. So anyways, um, yeah. So today we're starting, we're talking specifically about the importance of family when it comes to us living in unity. Now, some of you are coming in here today, but like, Brian, I'm, I'm by myself. I don't have family that's close by. Uh, I want to tell you when, when Specifically when I talk about family, when I read about family in the Bible, there's many times where I feel like God is talking about the church, the body of believers working together as one family. And so if that's you today, I want you to, to interject that aspect of thinking when we're talking about this. Because uh, the Bible is very clear that, that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. It says that, that, that when we pray, we're supposed to pray to God uh, as our Father. And so there's this very much this fatherly, this family atmosphere uh, that is involved when it comes to doing church and life together. Uh, even when I talk about Coastline, I don't talk about Coastline Church so much as I talk about my Coastline family because we're all doing this life, this adventure together. But specifically in culture today, I feel like there's so many things that are trying to rip families, pull families apart. 
Everywhere you turn, there's, there's something on. There's a boycott that's happening. There's some type of political unrest that's happening. Uh, specifically, even in church, when it comes to uh, politics, first off, you, you'll never hear anything about politics from this stage. One, because I'm not a politician. The only time I'm ever going to step into talking about anything like that is if it has to come to do with the, the Bible or theology or something like that. But I don't talk about any, any party. I don't talk about, uh, you know, the only thing we've ever done, we've prayed for the president, whoever they are. But we don't talk about politics here. But I specifically had people, like, leave the church because they say, Brian, there's too many people of this political party that go to your church. So we just don't feel comfortable. I'm like, man, I'm going to tell you right now that, like, that's not something that should ever separate family. This is going to be a sidebar right now, real quick. If you trust more in politics, in the government, than you do an all-powerful God, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're on the wrong path already. If, if politics and watching the news takes up more of your time than you spend with God, I'm telling you, you're, you're on the wrong path already. That was, that was a separate sermon. We'll talk about that later on a different day. Back on to families. There's so many things that I think try to separate families, but I believe that family is a nucleus the thing that, 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 that of all the ways that we're able to defend ourselves or able to get through this adventure of life together, I think the family core team is incredibly impactful in us helping each other through what, what we're going through. But whether it's social media or politics or the news or our own opinions, there's so many things out there that want to try to separate and create division in the family, to create division even, even in our church. And so as I was thinking about this in my study time this past week, I thought that I came across this verse that the Apostle Paul wrote in the, the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12. And I felt like it, it gives the, the building blocks for how we can continue to pursue unity when it comes to our families, when it comes to even our church family. These, these are the ingredients, I believe, the pieces that we can put together that will give us what we need to, to continue to galvanize ourselves and to, to, to gel ourselves together to unify as one family. It says this in chapter 3, verse 12 of the book of Colossians. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy. Now, real quick, when Paul's writing this, he's writing this to the church. So, in fact, this is, this is even to us. He says, you must uh, clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. I'm going to tell you, I listed off four things right there that I'm not really good at any of them. I'm going to tell you, like, patience. I know patience is a virtue. Patience is one thing I'm always afraid to pray for, okay? If you ever want to be afraid to pray for anything, pray for patience, because I don't think God's going to give you patience. I think God's going to give you an opportunity to learn patience. That's in my own, own experience. It's a tough lesson to learn. But here Paul says, like, this, these are the things, these are the pieces that you need to have. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In verse 13 he goes on, he says, make allowances for each other, for your faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. That, man, that, this, I could do a three-week series just on this scripture so far. Oh, my goodness. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. 
For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So there's lots of things that are wrapped up in in this, this passage that Paul writes to the church things that will help us to live in unity with one another. I've, I've boiled it down to three things, though. I think there's three things that you need to, to protect and, and, and grow and, and continue to connect together uh, as a family when it comes to pursuing unity. The first one is grace. In part one of that verse, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, or verse 12 to 13, it says, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves are the people that he loves. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with grace, and with patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Grace. Grace is the, the forgiveness and it's the, the, giving, the giving of mercy that is unwarranted. That's, that means someone has done something wrong. That means someone has wronged somebody, has messed up, and there's forgiveness even in spite of it. That's a hard thing for us to do. It's something that we're supposed to continue to grow in, though. You know, I woke up this morning. Um, on Sundays, I'd, I get up pretty early, and uh, as I'm... Working through the last-minute parts of my preparation for the sermon, um, one of the kids is going to wake up at some point. It's usually Ben, because I don't know how the guy, he, I mean, kid's six years old, still wakes up before the sun no matter what. Middle of summer, we're on vacation, he's up before the sun. It drives me, drives me wild. But he's up, he comes, he sits in my laps, and he snuggles for a little bit, and, and we talk, and we get on with the morning, and he sits down to watch TV. And then here comes Olivia. And wouldn't you know it, like clockwork, 5.30 he wakes up, 5.45 Olivia wakes up. They're sitting there watching TV, quarter to, maybe, maybe 10 minutes till 6. And they already start fighting. Now, I'd love to tell you that as a pastor, like I woke up this morning and my house was clean. My wife had breakfast ready for us all. The kids were, hello, Father, how are you doing this morning? That's not what it was. I had to break up a fight before 6 a.m. this morning over something stupid, a blanket. She's got my blanket. I'm, I literally point to a basket. It's got eight blankets in it, all the same blanket. I'm like, Take, this is the one I wanted. Drives me up a wall when my kids fight with one another. I think the same thing happens when it comes to God viewing us as his sons and daughters. I think when it comes to to husbands and wives, I think there's some grace that you need to give one another. When it comes to us, to our children, I think we've got to extend some grace. That just because, just because they mess up, maybe, maybe we use it as a teachable opportunity. Maybe we don't go straight to the punishment. Maybe we ask ourselves in this situation when, when we're in conflict, when we feel separation and, and, and we have the opportunity to extend mercy, we ask, what would Jesus do in this? Mercy is tough because there's people in our family that are, are kind of tough to love, right? Like anybody got a set of outlaws, in, I mean in-laws in your life that you just really, no one wants to raise their hand. Okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> one lady's like, me, Definitely. 
We all have that tense situation. Typically, when it comes to the, the, the in-laws, the tough thing is they come in and they try to, like, teach you how to parent, right? They're like, you need to do this with your kids. And that's the time in which you look at them and say, hey, I live with your kid. It didn't work out so great, so I'm going to do it the way I think. But also, this is a sidebar. Don't let anyone tell you how to parent. Don't let social media tell you how to parent. Read the Bible. Figure out what works and doesn't work for you and do that. If you want to do gentle parenting, do gentle parenting. I'm going to tell you right now, if I did gentle parent, if my, my mom did gentle parenting with me, that would have been, I don't even know how that would have worked. That would have been crazy. I was, I was such a tough kid. It wasn't even fun. I think maybe God's paying me back with Olivia with that. That's probably what's going on there. Just had an epiphany. Paybacks, man. Anyways, back to it. Grace. Extend grace to your family. Continue to pursue unity by giving mercy and grace. You can't go wrong with it. The second part of the thing, the second ingredient, I think, to, to continue to galvanize your family together, to live in unity with one another, is to continue to clothe yourselves with love. Plus, Paul says this in the second part of that uh, Colossians verse, verse uh, chapter thirty or chapter three, verse fourteen. He says, "Above all, clothe yourself, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony." You say, Brian, clothe yourself with love. What does that even mean? I'm glad I'm glad you asked. You know, I've done uh, one of the things that I love to do as a pastor uh, is I get the opportunity to, to marry folks, and. 100% of every marriage or every wedding I've ever done, um, this verse at some point gets, gets read. And it's not just me. It's, it's every wedding I've ever even been to. Like all these, this, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, and, and it's one of these things where people are like, man, this is, this is the romance part of the Bible. This is the part where Paul talks about how a man should love a woman and a woman should love a man. And that's great and pretty to think, but that's not actually what it was written for. See, Paul does a great job in 1 Corinthians 13 to describe what love should look like. But if you go back to chapter 12 at the end of that chapter, you understand the context and why he is writing it. Because he says this as he's writing to the church in Corinth. He talks to them about all the pieces that make up the different parts of the church. Much like here at Coastline, we've got people in the back that are doing tech that are hitting buttons. we got ladies in the, in the kids' room right now that are changing diapers. God bless them. we got people that woke up early and set out signs, people that, 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 built, that um, made coffee this morning. We had a team that woke up and was on the beach at 6.30 in the morning doing sunrise surface. All these different parts that are pieced together, none are greater than the other. But as he's communicating this to them, as he's, as he's communicating the importance of the different spiritual gifts that the church has, even the different gifts of what your family has, the individuals that, they, that are in it, he says at the end of that, the end of that chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, he says, so you should honest, earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. That's which he just described. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. He says, let me show you a way of life that is best of all. That's the context going into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's not about marriage. It's about how the church is about how a family should love one another. And he goes on to talk about the importance of love and he starts to describe it here in chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. 
says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not rejoice about injustice. It rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance. When you ask yourself, am I I clothing myself with love? Am I showing love to my family around me? When I'm interacting with people in my church family, when I'm talking about life, am I doing it in a loving way? Am am, Am I showing my patience and my kindness? Am I, am I making sure not to be proud or rude when my son is in the back seat behind me, we're driving down the road and he just learned how to whistle? This past week it happened. Ben is whistling like every, like finally had to make a rule. I said, hey, it's illegal to whistle indoors. I totally lied to my kid. I'm sorry, I'm confessing it now before my church. So you cannot whistle indoors. Love is not irritable. That's a tough thing, right? Wives, it's a tough thing that that when it comes time to clean the house, somehow your husband's got to go to the bathroom three times. Right? I'm just being real. Husbands, it's, it's, it's hard to be irritable when you're trying to get out the door and your wife has got to put on more makeup or hasn't finished doing her hair yet. But when it comes to developing unity in our family, what does it look like in that situation to clothe ourselves with love, to extend mercy, to, to extend grace? So the, the two pieces so far is you need, I, I believe to, to continue to build unity in your family, you need grace you need love. And the last part, the third, third element, I believe, is you need to understand your priorities. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says this. It says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Anybody here, you enjoy having peace in your home? That's, that's what I like. You know what my favorite part about a day off is? When I have a day off, it means at some point there's just a chance, maybe, at some point right in the middle, around 2 o'clock possibly, I'm going to lay down on my bed, and I'm going to have about an hour of peace. I'm going to take a little napski. Okay, anybody here like a nap? All the parents, you better be raising your hands because I know, I know you love to nap. To have a, a little bit of peace in my life. In our lives. Reason why we go on vacation. Part of it is probably because we chase adventure, but the other part is because we hope at some point as we pull away from the cell phone and from the, the, the work environment and from the bills or whatever that are on the office desk, from all that stuff, we step away and we step into an opportunity to experience peace with one another. I think that peace happens the best when we understand where our priorities are. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. I love the way it says in the New King James Version, it says seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness. I believe what it's talking about there, I believe, I believe what Jesus is saying is he's, this is in while he's communicating um, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. After he's talked about the law, after he's communicated this, this Im- incredibly important message, as he's covered many of these different topics of, of, of what he is there to do on the world, or in the world, closer to the end he says this, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. He sets the priority. I think, I think the thing that we have to guard against, the thing that will we'll try to divide our family the most is when we, we have the wrong priorities. See, if I put my trust in, in politics or the news, I, I, I've, I've, circum, I, I've, I've gotten them in the wrong order. Because God wants me to trust him with all that I have. When it comes to raising my children and communicating about what's going on in society, even, even communicating my own opinion, first I need to stop and I need to, okay, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. God, what do you want me to teach my kids? What do you want me to do in this situation? How would you extend mercy and grace in love to communicate about this hard topic that I'm going through right now. When it comes to, to, to finances, you know, I, I believe that finances is one of the things that, that creates most separation in a family. It's, it's something that, will, that, that causes hardships where there doesn't have to be. And whenever someone comes to me and say, Brian, like, this, this is something I'm dealing with right now. Like, what, what should I be doing? I say, are you seeking the kingdom first in it? Are, are your priorities in there correctly? For me and my family, first and foremost, I want to pursue Christ. I, I love my wife with all my heart, but my wife knows that she comes second when it comes to my pursuit of things in this world. Because if, if I don't pursue that relationship first, the rest can just fall apart. Because if I put my expectation on her first and I say my spouse is the one that's going to give me the things that I need, I'm dooming her to failure. There's no way that she can meet those expectations. When I say I, I need you to help me through the things I'm going through, man, she's going through stuff too. So I don't set my eyes on my wife, I set my eyes on Christ. And together we come and we pursue him. It goes Jesus, my wife, my kids, and then my job, my church, and my jobs. Some people, they get the, the second part out of order. It goes, goes Jesus, 
kids, spouse, everything else. I, I want to warn you from that. If that's where you're at today, this is just a this is just a little warning to help you out. Because at some point that 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 part of putting your kids above your spouse turns into this whole thing where, where you're living for this mission. But what you don't understand now is that that mission's gonna get to a point where it moves out. And your spouse is still sitting in there staring at you. I love my kids. I would do anything for my kids. But Ben and Olivia one day are gonna move out. They're gonna go to college. They're gonna get married. And you better believe that from this day until that day, I'm going to continue to pursue my wife and not just live in the mission of raising my kids. I might spend 18, 20 years with them. I'm hoping to spend 40 and 50 years with her. Priorities matter. Seek first the kingdom. So with whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, I want to leave you with this. Grace, love, and having the right priorities will get you through a lot in this world. Years ago, I went and I got to a point in my life in which I was making the decisions. I was doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't experiencing peace at all. I was going through an incredibly tough time. I searched through many things that I thought would bring me joy and happiness and fulfillment, and nothing worked out. Until one day, I said, you know what? My priorities have been wrong. They've been out of order. Jesus, I'm going to pursue you first. I'm going to put you before everything I do, and whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And my life is better today because of it. I want to tell you today, as as a guy that's messed up, as a guy that has failed in in no way perfect at all, one that that is continually working each day to be more patient, to be more helpful, to extend grace and mercy and love, the best thing you can do today is pursue Christ first in whatever area you're dealing with. And so if today you're struggling with a job situation, ask God to help you step in and what needs to happen. If you're you're struggling with a financial situation, ask God what you should do with it. If you're dealing with unforgiveness, release it to God. I promise you if you do that, the best, best will be ahead. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for you doing in us today. As your sons and daughters, I pray that you continue to unify our families, unify our church as we pursue you. I pray that in the areas that we've been holding back on, the things that we've been holding back from you, I pray that today they would come to the forefront and we would release them and surrender and say, Jesus, in this area, in my relationship, have your way. In my job, have, my way, have your way. In my finances, have your way. As we trust you and we have faith in you, we thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.